welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Happy New Year, I'm Kelso. I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. Uh, and this is it. We This was going to be the last episode of 2019. Uh, and we're going to treat, treat it like it's the last episode of 2019. Yeah, that's fair. This is, we... this is, look, this is an episode that exists outside of time and also outside of space. So, and Specifically, we want to talk about our, our favorite podcast games of 2019. So we're going to yeah. pretend that that's not out of date after January 1st, and we're going to yeah. do it anyway. Yeah. Look, th- this is, we're basically in international waters. There are no rules here. So we can it's do true. I think if you probably took the average of the location between the three of us, it, we probably would be somewhere out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I like that logic. I, I think time still applies, though. But... <laughs> In the ocean? Just the law doesn't. We're above the law, is what we're saying. Look, it's only a crime if you get caught. And who's gonna catch us for internet crimes in the middle of the ocean? <laughs> is there internet in the middle of the ocean? We might have trouble with our Wi-Fi. Look, I don't know. This was a poorly constructed metaphor, and I regret everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's technically 2020, but let's look back for just a moment on the previous decade. And by the previous decade, we mean just the last year, because we're not going to go through the whole thing. Uh, We are going to go through the whole thing a little bit later, but we can talk about that um, maybe as a teaser thing at the end. Yeah. Um, For now, we're just going to go through, like... The games we played in uh, 2019, we we all made our top kind of top three, um, top five ish. I I don't know if I can put mine in order. My like top three, I I liked a lot, and <laughs> I don't know if I oh, can yeah, order I, them I properly. Can, I mean, I can I put them in order, order in but order. I'll I probably didn't... change my mind like five times. Yeah, I didn't put mine in order. I mean, they're in chronological order, uh, but that doesn't help anyone, really. Yeah, there was, we played, I don't know, maybe like a dozen games. Uh, more than that. Like, probably closer to 20 games in 2019. And uh, not all of them were good. Uh, that's, yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's going to happen when you play as many games as we do. Um. Oh yeah, you know what? I technically I forgot we technically also played Monument Valley this year because that was in our four in February. Yeah, I have a weird like best of 2019 list because our list is not games that came out in 2019. Our list is games that we played in 2019. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, you know, it's fine. A, 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 a top five list can be whatever you want it to be. So if you, you know, there are, I have like a lot of honorable mentions, I guess. I think, I feel like my honorable mentions list is probably like everything I liked but didn't make it into the top list <laughs> because there's plenty of games <laughs> that like we played that I'm like, nope. Never looking at that ever again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, all all of my top five games that we played for the podcast this year did come out in 2019. So. Well, there you 
So yeah, I accidentally hey, did it. Does that imply that you didn't put Return of the Obra Dinn? Oh, did that wait, did that come out in 2018? Yeah, uh, that yep. that came out 2018. That's not 2019. Oh, okay, never mind. I was really worried. Then, then of, I was wrong. Like, doing a personal list of like top top games of tw just like that came out in 2019. I was worried because like both Gris and I thought like both Gris and Return of the Obra Dinn were going to be on that like roster, but it turns out both of them actually came out in 2018. <laughs> So. Yeah, I forgot that Return of the Overdin did come out in, in 2018. Okay, so uh, four out of five. That's All right, so, so let's start with you because we'll just go in the order that we introduce ourselves, I guess. Okay, yeah, that works. Okay, uh, here, I'm going to do a little... I don't know if that's coming through. I'm doing a little drum roll with my fingies on the on the desk. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, okay, my favorite game... I put them in order. My favorite game that we played this year uh, for the podcast was Outer Wilds, which I don't know. Is I mean, that was that was on a lot of people's, like, game of the year list, like Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and yeah. well, uh, Polygon. I, like, I, I watched the Game Awards, and I, don't, I didn't see them win anything, but they were up in a lot of, like, huge categories against really big games, and that made my heart feel just so, so happy for them. Like, I, it's unfortunate that the other game that came out this year that everybody really liked was Outer Worlds. Which is yeah, I know, um, right? almost almost an identical title, uh, and a much larger budget and uh, uh, backing on that game. Not as good. I played Outer Worlds as well. Did not like it as much as I liked Outer Wilds. So suck it, Obsidian. Just kidding. I like Obsidian a lot. They make pretty nice games. Um, number two, uh, I I had Creature in the Well. The, the sleeper hit of the year, I think, for us. Uh, right? Yeah. Big, big surprising uh, love for that one. Uh, oh God. I don't know why I'm being so formal about this, but the next on my list was uh, Hypnospace Outlaw, which I think may be a contentious pick, but personal well, to me. I can me. see that. That, like, would definitely be, if not in my top five, at least on my, like, honorable mentions list. Yeah, it's that's definitely it was, a it game was... you remember. Yeah, in, in, in terms of some something new and interesting, yeah. it's definitely a game that like stuck in my mind a lot longer than other games we played. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I I backed it on Kickstarter, so like it's kind of I I I have to like it, right? I don't, mm -hmm. but I do. So that's there. That's um, how Kickstarter works. Yeah, that's how Kickstarter works. Yes, I mean, pretend I, everything is great. I mean, I backed a game on Kickstarter, uh, uh, God, like six or seven years ago, uh, that has entirely gone dark, and boy, am I still looking forward to that. I'm not, but, <laughs> um, you know, it happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then my next pick was Return of the Oberdin, which was the one that didn't come out this year. Uh, and then Mutazione. Mutazione was the other surprise hit. I had never heard of this game until until Kyla mentioned uh, it. Two two of these top fives were just randos that I saw at PAX that we probably never would have heard of otherwise. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. You got a good sense of this. So good Good on the indie mega booth. Like, yeah. like clap, clap yeah. for the indie mega booth. We're, we're just going to have to send you to PAX every year to scout out the indie mega booth. 
just so that we get some some good surprise hits for the podcast every year. That's your job now. Yeah. So my top three, like I I have to go with Outer Wilds as the top game because I'm just I'm incredibly biased, right? Like it was made by friends. Like I don't, and it's an amazing game. I don't think I could not go with Outer Wilds first. Um, second place for me is probably Return of the Oberdin, um, just because like that is that is a game that I like still like look up let's plays and like watch people play because I and and like think about and I can still like tell you the names of some of the characters and things like that. Yeah, sometimes uh, I can close my eyes and still picture that the big like image of all the crew that you have to fill in. Yeah. I yeah, sometimes like I can still very clearly picture like the Kraken scene, like the first yeah. Kraken scene that you see. Like it's it's a strong moment. It, that game has a few like really strong moments. Mm -hmm. Um and then third place for me is also Creature of the Well, a Creature in the Well because it was I feel like very rarely has a game been so exactly what I wanted it to be. Right? Like, I, I had this mental image looking at the game of what I expected the game to be like and what I hoped it would be like, and it was exactly what I hoped it would be like. <laughs> so oh. good. Um, I, like, I don't have a definitive four and five. I just have, a, like, a bunch of honorable mentions. I feel like I have to mention Monument Valley because that's just, like... It's been a long time since it was, you know, like in the forefront of my thoughts because I had already played it when we played it for the podcast. Um, but I, it, it was very affecting to me the first time I played it. Um, and then let's see. Of the other games that were good this year, uh, it's probably like fifth is probably like a, a close run between either Butterfly Soup or a short hike, both of which mm -hmm. were like really solid. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I have a the which of those is number five would probably entirely depends on what mood I'm in at any given moment. Like, I love <laughs> the narrative card. of Butterfly Soup. I loved the feeling of the gameplay in A Short Hike. So, um, I'm I'd probably for for the sake of the record on this podcast, I'll probably give it to Butterfly Soup just because they're the slightly less heard of one of those two. And I want to encourage people to play uh, like all of these games are good and people should play them. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, no games, games also that came out this year that we didn't play on the podcast that I like, like Sayonara Wild Hearts came out this, this past year. And like, I probably wouldn't put Kingdom Hearts three in my top five, but it's like, you know, it's, it's an honorable mention, and there was I don't think so many that would like, blame you if you did. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. I had a lot of fun playing it, um, but it's also incredibly flawed. Um, and like, I almost, I feel like if you're gonna spend that kind of budget on a game, you got to be held to a higher standard in terms of that sort of thing. Um, and it's like a lot of the shorter games were a lot more flawless. Is the thing. Yeah, I oh, feel like ones. 
Yeah, I would chalk a lot of that up to just how fucking long they spent making it. I'm sure there were a lot of changes. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's also like the problem with Kingdom Hearts 3 is that it was uh it had this burden of like wrapping up a narrative that had gotten so sprawling and out of control that you kind oh, of yeah. the, the what you had to do narratively in this game was sort of locked into place because there were just so many beats that you needed to hit that there was no time to do anything else. And so it the, feels the, kind the of like... dilemma. Yeah, yeah. It's, it yeah. was like, all right, let's just like go through and make sure all the characters know all the details that we've established in like these seven other games, and then we can conclude it in the last like four hours. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's... There were also like a bunch of games that uh, came out this year that we didn't play um, that I'm like super curious about like Disco Elysium was probably really good After Party was probably really good but maybe Wait. we'll play those at some point and they can be on another list After Party came out? Yeah. After Party's out When did After Party come out? That's one that I was like looking forward to and I just completely I mean, fucking missed it Oh no like Two to three months ago No I think. How did I miss it? Oh God! Oh, <laughs> we'll have to put that on the uh, podcast list. Shit! <laughs> yeah, I I was looking forward to that one for so long because uh, I played Oxenfree and I really liked Oxenfree, and it's like, oh, they're doing another game. Gonna gonna be real hype for that. <laughs> uh, that's all right. It's it's okay to miss games. I'm putting yeah. it. I'm putting it in the hopper right now. That's fine. I also, I mean, I also missed Watam, which I just finished playing Watam today, and someone uh, mentioned it on Twitter a couple days ago, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, Watam is cool." I was like, "It's out? When did that happen?" Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <All> shit. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so dumb. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, Carl. What's your what's your top five? Yeah. So my number one is probably gonna be. Doom, because I really like Doom. Yeah, however, totally However, it was like the third time I played through Doom, so my actual number one is going to go to Obradin. Okay. All right, yeah. And uh, third, um, this is hard. Right? <laughs> I'm putting Outer Wilds there. It's fun. Yeah. And then fourth and fifth, in no order, is going to be Hypnospace Outlaw and A Short Hike. Nice. Yeah, there were like there were a few games that like when we recorded on them, we all just really agreed <laughs> that we really liked them, and that was like, yeah, no, it's a good game. Yeah, there were there were a handful of standouts this year, and uh, a lot more that were just kind of. Eh. I'm really surprised Baba is You didn't reach any of our lists. Uh, it's on my, like, honorable mentions. So the things I have on my, like, list of honorable mentions is, um, like, Hypnospace Outlaw, A Short Hike, Mutazione, um, Florence, and 30, Lights, 30 Flights of Loving. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there, there were just, and, like, Baba is You doesn't like almost made the honorable mentions it was like that weirdly liminal like this was an a cool game and an interesting game and i 
you know, I am pleased that it was made, that someone tried to make that, but I did not really have fun playing it. I mostly yeah. felt frustrated and like it was too hard. I'm in the same uh, I, I have the yet same way. to speak to a single person that beat that game. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I don't feel bad then. <laughs> I've, I've definitely, like, one of my coworkers played it and definitely got farther than we did, but I don't think he beat it either. Um, and he, like, you know, he mentioned, he talked about some of the, um, some of the mechanics that come in later, and it's like, oh, okay. It gets super meta. Yeah. Where you, like, uh, get, you become, like, the overworld and stuff like that. Or, like, you geez. become the marker on the overworld. Oh, boy. And stuff like that. Yeah, like, I, I bet it has a real cool ending. I mean, it seems like the sort of game that would do some cool, wacky things towards the end. But, like, it's a it's a very hard puzzle game. It's, like, the, the sort of lateral thinking required is is interesting, but there's only so frustrated you can get with a puzzle game before you stop. And yep. it's, like, it's graded a few notches higher than I think any of us <laughs> were quite comfortable with. Yeah. So oh, it's like, sure. Yeah, I, you know, I have less and less patience for that kind of thing. It's the um, sort of thing where I could absolutely see if, like, it was on someone's top ten list or top five lists, or even game of the year. Because um, I could see how if this sort of puzzle really clicks in the right spot in your brain, I could see how this would be, like, your favorite thing this year. Mm-hmm. And and even just on the grounds of, wow, this is really cool and innovative, uh, and just conceptually great. Even just on the grounds of that, absolutely. But you know, when it when it comes down to actually playing it, you gotta it's... you gotta really be committed. I think. And there are also games that like that frustrate me, um, that still stick with me. And somehow, Baba, is you didn't stick with me. Like, I keep forgetting that we played it, um, yeah. which I wouldn't expect to, because, it, again, it's a very different and very innovative game. But, like, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we don't want to remember. <laughs> yeah, maybe we blocked it out. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's, that's our thoughts on 2019. Again, our list is a very different list than most people's lists, because it's not based on games that came out in 2019. It's based on what we played. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think games of 2019 that we didn't play, I mean, I would have to give it to Control, even though I haven't finished Control. Control was great. A lot of people Control. really like Control. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's hilarious to me because I have a friend uh, who played Control and hated it, thought that the like mechanics were like really unoriginal and unfun and had long load times and you keep getting killed by things you don't see and like he yeah, he just had I, like this so, list of complaints and then it's on like everyone's game of the year list and i'm like i have mm. heard about the long load times and they were pretty long i think yeah they were rare there's not a lot of load times yeah it's it's when you're playing through it linearly and just kind of moving through the space um like following the narrative up to a point it's really rare when you start jumping around and doing a lot of fast travel that's when you start hitting the load times really hard is what i noticed um 
And in terms of things killing you that you can't see, that is absolutely the case. I remember there was one boss fight where um, all of the enemies were red and all of the lighting in, in the space was also red. And I just kept getting fucking killed because everything was fucking red. I couldn't see a goddamn thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's absolutely uh, like an issue that I. There's also about. literally an invisible enemy. Yeah, that's true too. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't encounter. I haven't encountered a lot of those yet, but I've encountered a handful. Um, also, um, they have like the best NPC ever made. Which one? That's the crazy. janitor. The oh yeah, janitor. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if you were gonna say the janitor or if you were gonna say um Doctor Darling. <laughs> no, the janitor. Yeah, I love yeah, how they I... just like put a bunch of Finnish people in. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> what else are you gonna do, right? Makes sense. Um, so I haven't played Control. Uh, would you agree with the statement that uh, it is um, the game that we wish Naissance had been? No. No. Oh. Okay. This is yeah. way more of like a... This is what I wish Resident Evil would have been. Oh, really? Cool. It's... Uh, what, what would I... What would I compare it to? I don't know. I really, I don't play a lot of third-person shooters. Like, the only ones that I, the only third-person shooters that I play are also Remedy games, so that doesn't really, uh, <laughs> that doesn't really <laughs> matter to compare it to anything. I will say, uh, I also played Quantum Break, which was their last game, and it was fine, but it's like, it became a real slog at the end, and then I started playing Control, and I was a little worried. So, what and I like about, great. what I like that they do about Control is, I feel the previous games have been way too much like they're trying to make a movie and they're trying to make a game separately. Yeah. But Control kind of mixes them really well. Yeah, I, I mean, it is a lot more gameplay focused. And it's it's basically a Metroidvania game, which is great that they've done that. I don't know. I, I mostly, like, what I know about it is mostly from, like, the trailers and like one video about the architecture. So mm -hmm. like the video about the architecture made me think like this sounds a lot like the architecture stuff in Naissance. Yeah. Um yeah. It's just like yeah. that that nineteen sixties brutalist shit. Yeah. Uh which I like have a kind soft of getting getting for. more and more surreal over time. Yeah. And I have a soft spot for that just ugly concrete brutalist shit. Um I, I briefly did a stint at Iowa State University, and there are so many buildings like that there. Just, just these gigantic fucking monolithic concrete cubes just plumped uh, no. down in the middle of a field. I don't know. We have, uh, we have uh, the, the undergrad that I went to, the campus is divided into two parts, which are called the light side and the dark side. Um, oh. And because it used to be two separate colleges that were like across the street from each other, there was like a boys college and a girls college, oh, and mm -hmm. then they merged. So it's like a very divided thing. And yeah, there's a whole story about how like they were on, um, like, because of this, they're on separate power grids. And at one point, like one of the campuses lost power for like three days and the other one didn't. And so they got their nicknames like the light side and the dark side. But at any rate, the dark side is entirely brutalist. 
and yes. uh, the light side is entirely like you know classic collegiate like um, you know like fancy brick buildings. We wish we were Yale kind of northeastern college. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, and then and then the dark side, which is where I lived, is entirely brutalist. Yep. So, you know, it's, I don't know. But yeah, I probably, I would, I have like an inclination to try Control at some point, but it's not, it's not like in the top of my list of games that I should play, which is a long list. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in a mode where I'm sort of trying to finish games that I've started. Um, so I finished Outer Worlds after having it on the shelf for uh, over a month. Uh, I gotta go finish Kiwami 2, which I played Yakuza Kiwami and most of Kiwami 2. Um, and then I gotta finish Control. Those are like the remakes, right? The Kiwami yeah. ones? Yeah, yeah, the Yakuza. It's They, they basically remade um, the first two games in, I guess, the newest version of their engine. And I, uh, I don't know if they're remaking Yakuza 3 or if... I know it got an HD, like upscale um i don't know if it's getting actually remade i don't think it is but i could be wrong i just i do like them their yakuza games it's like it's like the basically the like final mix versions of the kingdom hearts games yeah kind of yeah all right so that was that was the year in 2019 the year in games or at least the year in feedback force podcast mm -hmm. games um not a not a terrible game not a terrible year for indie games um there there may be there've been been stronger but uh but there were some real solid top contenders that came out this year for sure yeah um so i'm going to i'm going to i was going to save this for the very end of the podcast but i'm worried that i'll completely forget to do so if um if i do which is uh i want to kind of preview we're this is episode 91 right now right that we're recording um, yes uh so we thought it might be cool to do a little something uh interesting for episode 100 which granted you know this that's like 18 weeks away so it's not like super imminent um but one of the things we want to do is like a like best of the feedback force overall thing where we just kind of do a retrospective on all the games that we've played uh and all like 100 plus games yeah <laughs> and uh so to that end we are working on like creating some interesting categories so if people have ideas for like i want you to vote on you know best graphics or i wish you would vote on like uh you know best jump scare or some, you know something like that uh suggest to us on twitter uh what categories you would like to see uh, and because we are compiling a Google Doc, and uh, if there's some good category suggestions, we can absolutely add them to that list. What games besides the Cat Lady did we even play with with jump scares? Scares. Doki uh, Doki. Oh, Doki Doki. I guess that's Doki true. Doki Doki does. Doki Doki. I got doesn't extremely scared of her story as well, but. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh no, yeah. We... Because of the reflection of the. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, there was. Um... Uh, that one with the little girl uh, that was also a horror game. Oh, Frambo. Frambo. 
Yeah, friend Bo. I forgot we uh, played friend Bo. I, I somehow feel like Nasos kind of had some jump scares. The, the skeleton in Cairo is sort of a jump scare. <laughs> uh, oh, we played Pony Island too, which maybe I, did that have jump scares? That was a little a little scaly, but I um, think it had any jump scares. Did the silver case have jump scares before the end of it? I don't think it did. Man, I, I mean, it kind of set up to be like jump scary. But, but that, I'm not uh, sure it did. The guy at the end of the Norwood suite was plenty, plenty scary. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, conversations like this and more to be had if you suggest uh, categories for uh, for our centennial. Yeah. I can't uh, believe yeah. 100 episodes. That's 10 I know. tens. I know, right? We, oh. uh, and we definitely, I think we've maybe already played over a hundred games between like lost episodes and our foreign febs. If we're not yeah. already at a hundred games, we're pretty close. Yeah. We've only, let's see, we've lost what two episodes, I think. So yeah, we're, we're probably sitting at about a hundred. I mean, now. I could probably, uh, probably tell you, why is this empty line there? Um, I could probably tell you exactly, uh, because I wrote them all out in our hopper, all the games we'd played already. Oh, wow. Um, so I, I guess that. we're currently, according to this, if I didn't forget any, we're at 96 games that we've played. Where did so, I put my hopper? You know, even though we're only episode 91, we're, we're really getting up there in terms of covered yep. game. So. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. Um, all right, shall we talk about the game that we're here to talk about? We can do that. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Forget even who introed this game. I feel like Kelso? Yeah, that's fine. I was prepared to do this. So yeah, we played uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, which was developed by Dim Bulb Games. And it's a... I don't know how to describe it. It's It's a game about... Uh, spinning right. yarns and wandering the United States it's in a, the Depression. It's, well, about, it's a game about learning geography. <laughs> it is a little bit. Um, it's very much an, uh, like an American sort of game thematically because it's, it's about like the American tradition of tall tales and like this idea of like, you know, the melting pot of stories that that come together and change and grow and all that. Uh, and it's it's sort of set during the Depression, except it's not because it's actually yeah. set in like a bunch of different time periods, depending on who you're talking to. It's very dreamlike yeah. in that way. Mm -hmm. So an important part of the nature of the game, it is narrated by Sting. You say that's an important part of the, <laughs> the nature of the game, but... Uh... After after not too long, I turned off all of the voice acting because no, really, because because I get so annoyed when there's text and narration, and the narration is slower than I'm reading the text. Uh, I usually I usually like um, just click through, so I hear the beginning of the narration, but I don't hear the entire narration. Yeah, um, yeah, same. He does he does feature heavily though, which was probably not a good thing for the budget on this game. I'm assuming. No, I I want to know how much of the budget went to things. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, this this game, uh, pretty famously, I don't know, famously if if that's the right word, but it's been written about how it was like not a commercial success, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah, uh, and happens, I can. But... Having played it, I can see why. Um, like well, having, and even before having played it, it's, it's. I'm not sure what they're trying to market. Yeah, conceptually, I would say it's a hard sell. Yeah. Um, I think the like sell might be there, but I don't think they're like uh, the when I search not... for the game. It's not. I don't get it. I don't feel like I get the what the game is about. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and so it's it's a game with a really like interesting core mechanic um, that is kind of like spoiled because they kind of didn't know what to do with the rest of it. It feels like mm -hmm. um, they had a really good idea. And then the, there's like a lot of problems with the execution. Um, mm -hmm. So let's, I guess let's talk about the core first before we get into like all the surrounding fluff. Um, so the idea is that there is a uh, wolf spirit and goddamn, if you're doing a story about like, uh, you know, the uh, American storytelling, it should have been a coyote and not a wolf, but all right. Um, That's fair. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a wolf and you're playing the wolf at cards, uh, and the wolf cheats and steals your soul and also your flesh. He turns you into a skeleton. Um, and he says he will turn you back if you, uh, collect some true stories for him. Uh, and the true stories are stories that people tell about themselves and their lives. Um, so to do this, you have to go wander around uh america at various time periods in the past basically like depression era through like maybe the early 70s i think is probably as, about as late as it gets um yeah. and like you you collect a bunch of smaller stories uh as you go around um and you use them to talk to people uh and at, that you meet and in exchange for like telling them the types of stories they want to hear, they will tell you their story. Um, and the more you tell stories, the more they grow and change and kind of come back to you. Um, and the, the more a story has grown and become a tall tale, the more effective it is when you try and use it uh, to, to convince people to talk to you. So the, the way this works mechanically is that um, there are a bunch of, you're walking around a map, there's a bunch of locations where you can pick up uh, stories, so you just click on them, you hear like a short narration by Sting, sometimes there's uh, like like little choices that you can make that affect the outcome of the story, um, and then you learn a story and it's one of five types. Five types? Six types? Uh, let's see. There's, I don't know, I had issues. There's funny, sad, hopeful scary and exciting thrilling. exciting yeah so yeah. five i think that's it yeah um, um and, and and each one also corresponds to um one of the major arcana in yeah. the tarot yeah yeah so there's 16 i think arcana um for the 16 characters 
And so you, um, as you collect these things uh, going around, um, they, they come in your inventory. You can select up to three stories per arcana that are currently like quote unquote loaded, um, i.e. that like you can tell, tell those stories. Uh, and when you go to a campfire, uh, you, you're basically seeking out these lit campfires um, where people are staying. And when you get to the campfire, you get one of the, uh, the characters, one of the 16 characters, and they will request stories of different types. So they will request a funny story or a thrilling story or a hopeful story. Um, and there's no way to tell what each story is. You just kind of have to know if it's a story of one type or another. Mm -hmm. um, if you tell them a story that matches the type they want, then the, this little bar at the top with an eye uh, opens, the eye opens. Um, and if you don't, then you're still spreading the story, but it doesn't count towards opening the eye. And the goal is uh, to open the eye, uh, and every time you open an eye fully, then you advance to the next chapter of their story the next time you see them. And most characters have three chapters. I think there's like one or two that have four chapters. Yeah. Um, and as you, any story that you have told, regardless of whether it was correct or not, um, gets put in an upgrade pool so that as you're wandering around, you may now find an upgraded version of that story that opens the eye more when you tell it. Um, so it's like more powerful. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the goal is to to get to the end of all 16 characters' stories. There's like over 200 small stories to collect. I want to uh, say it's like 237 or something yep, like that. That's it's the lot. one. It's a lot it's a, yeah, there's a lot of stories. Uh, and they each have like two upgrades. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's a lot of storytelling going on. Um, not that the you yeah. don't actually get to hear a narration when you get the upgrade. You just like... Uh, learn a little bit about like how it changed mm -hmm. yeah I think one of uh, I think the central issue that I had with it was that there are too many stories and not enough places to upgrade them uh, and pretty early on I had a decently full deck of fully upgraded stories and I just never swapped my stories out ever again yeah. Uh, there's no there's no reason to. Yeah, um, I swapped I... once to try the mechanic and then I never swapped again. Yeah. So the there is a there is a a very cheap cheesy way around that uh which yeah. I mentioned in the Discord which is that Jacksonville is OP. Um mm -hmm. so if you go to Jacksonville, Florida, um there's a spot where there's two houses that give upgrades that are like right next to each other. So you can just turn around and go back and forth and upgrade all your stories at once. Yeah, it. I um, I don't know how like what mechanically that's doing there. I would I found that it would upgrade a bunch, but it wouldn't upgrade all of them, and I'd have to go away for a while and come back before I could get more upgrades. But still, uh, it was that was like hugely instrumental in getting me a full deck and sending me on my way. So yeah. Know. Um, I, I really wanted to try and get as many stories as fully upgraded as possible to see if it, like, made any difference. Um, it does not. Uh, yeah. So, like, pretty early on, I had a deck of, like, goods, enough good stories to complete pretty much anybody's, um, you know, 
like full full set of chapters and at that point like there's not a lot of reason to switch out yeah oh that's that's the other thing i guess that we could mention is that um when you when you encounter a person you gain their story and you can add it to their to your deck and it functions as any one of the five moods you that's just a say, wild you know, card yeah extremely good late later yes yeah <laughs> yeah oh, or like me if you have like no funny stories yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's like that in and of itself, this idea of like telling stories and then like collecting stories and then telling them and then upgrading them and coming back, I think is actually at its core an interesting loop. Like I think really cool. there is yeah. some some meat there. Um mm-hmm. and the stories are all kind of interesting and some of them are like really spooky and weird and and like some of the funny ones are genuinely funny and you know like there's there's some good stuff and it all feels very like authentically like american tall tale kind of stuff going on um the problem is that there are 16 people and over 200 stories it's like insanely huge and this game is actually mostly walking um, yes, literally like, mostly walking. Yeah. Um, so, like, to get across the U.S. to the different campfires and to these different places where you can get the stories, you're walking across a flat, mostly featureless map. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's you, you it's do a have little a few options. Yeah. For getting around, you can hop a train. You can buy a train ticket. You can hitchhike. And once you fully unlock someone's story that gives you an option to fast travel to uh, a set city, I guess, that they're associated with. Wait. And that's... Wait, oh, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Yes. Did you not notice that? No. Oh, it's in the menu. You, you, every time you fully upgrade a person's um, story, that you get a little, like, item from them. Like, you get Trinket, uh, a yeah. pair of dice or a pocket watch or something like that. Um, and if you view those on the menu and you select one, it gives you an option to like fast travel to Miami or fast travel to wherever. Jesus, I noticed like I got a trinket, <laughs> but did not think to click it, on them. It's not as useful as you think it is because yeah. you can never like. I mean, you start on you start in the Northeast. You can't really utilize that. To go, you, you don't get a trinket to go to like West Coast. No, you get yeah. yeah, you get the trinket to go to the Northeast when you're basically done with the Northeast. Yeah. So, like, yeah. unless you're really hopping all over, uh, rather than doing it kind of methodically one direction to another, um, like having those having those teleports. The only thing I use the teleports for consistently is there is one teleport that it says it takes you to Jacksonville, but it actually takes you to Savannah, Georgia. Um, but it's right yeah. next to Jacksonville. So I did use that one a bunch to go back to Jacksonville and up to upgrade my so stories and then yeah. go back to whatever I was working on. Yep. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing with this is that it, it's really front loaded. They give you a ton of stories. There's a ton of places to stop, a ton of things to interact with all up and down the East Coast. And the further west you go, the less there is in any direction and it gets very tedious very quickly uh, it kind of matches the like population diagrams of 
of yeah. the states. Like, in there's fucking nothing in the Midwest. So. Yeah. yeah, I wrote down like there's two hours of really solid gameplay. Mm-hmm. And then there's just the same two hours over and over and over again. Yeah, agreed. Like this game, like for God's sake, make it like seven Arcana, and you know, yeah, and like, like like you don't need the whole country. Just put it in a state. <laughs> yeah, or you could even just compress the country down further and make and it I, more dense. Or and you I just almost... not walk the map. You just only hitchhike and travel by train. I... Yeah, walking is, like, there's a lot of places you can't get by any method other than walking because they're just, it's, like, between major cities and roads and things. But if you want to get all the stories, you do have to go to those spots. Um, So you just, you end up spending a lot of time walking. And there's, like, a weird little mini game that you can do while you're walking that's, like, whistling, which is, like, this weird little, um, like, reaction game. But it's not... It's not fun. It's just like an action to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's... like it just make sure you can't like AFK. Basically. Because then you'll be really slow. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it makes sure you can't listen to the music. Yeah, it did it, it drowns out the, the music. music while you're whistling. And the music is like one of the better parts of the game. So eh. I don't know. The music is the music is good, but it's also the same. Like yeah, it also music... would be much better if it was only a two-hour game. Yeah, like you get different music in every region, but it's all kind of like there's variations of the main song that they play, and then a couple of instrumental pieces, um, which feels like a big missed opportunity because there's a lot of really appropriate American folk music that would have worked really well in this game. Um, like one song that always would get stuck in my head after playing this game despite not being in the game is an old american folk song called uh, long journey home which they did a version of it in kentucky route zero and it's really great um and even beyond that version it's just it's a good song and i'm like man the song would be perfect in this game like <laughs> literally perfect like it's a song about like wandering the country and and like wanting to go home and being sad and missing your home and like not really having a destination but you're just going it's like it fits the theme so well and it's not in the game i don't know yeah um it's also so like i think the game would also be improved if like either as you're saying the map was smaller or if the map was more interesting because like exploration is a mechanic travel Mm -hmm. is not a mechanic right like just walking to a place and seeing the same things you've already seen before and there not being anything interesting along the way is not a mechanic it's just a way of like adding time between you and the next instance of your mechanic yep um so like and i understand that without travel this game would maybe be like half an hour long um but maybe it should be half an hour long (laughs) right like maybe that would be a better game yeah i don't and i didn't i didn't play this on a platform that actually tracked how long i spent playing it so i have no idea how long i actually spent on it i know how long the beat puts it at about 20 hours um Uh, let me look up i oh yeah i okay i haven't finished it i have 14 hours 
Okay. But I would disagree that 20 hours is what you need. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I have 14 hours, and I got over 200 stories. Like, yeah, I got, I, I I got really the achievement that well. you get at the, like, 200-story mark, so... Oh, damn. Nice. Yeah, I don't know how many I got, I, and I'm not going to open it up to check, but, uh... Yeah, I, I I played it pretty thoroughly as well, and I I don't think I was at twenty hours, but still, even like I think if you could get it down to like a third of what what it ended up being, I think that would have been probably optimal or a quarter. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go as far as to say a half hour or even two, but like four or five I would have been happy with. Yeah. Longer than four or five hours. Yeah, the problem is that the U.S. is too big, <laughs> and it like, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, there's so there's also the problem of um, this game feels really unfinished to me because like I just I ran into a lot of just straight up bugs, um, and a lot of things that like clearly felt like the ui like was not very well tested and should have been mm -hmm. better um so i i kept a list of some of the more common bugs that i ran into this is not an exhaustive list but for instance um there was a walking bug which was actually a helpful bug where sometimes i would I the walk. game would just always yeah auto walk me forward and i could still turn but i like didn't have to hold down forward to walk and that was nice but that oh, was a bug nice. I never experienced uh, that, and I wish I would have. Um, well, I you couldn't, couldn't see... stop. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah, you can't stop. Um, okay. you, I think, like, obviously if you, like, quit out of the game and come in again, it's fine. But I usually didn't stop it when it happened because uh, it was just helpful. Um, yeah. So there was a bug where I could not see any of the destinations of any of the trains. Um, because whenever I, like clicked on a spot to start like hitchhiking on the train the button that you're supposed to click to go forward was like uh auto highlighted which blocks out the text on the button so you can't see oh, the no. destination and that happened to me every single time and it was never fixed like i i never figured out a way around that so i just never knew where i was going with any train um there was when you're hitchhiking like you're you're walking along the road and hitchhiking I can turn to the right, but not to the left while I'm moving forward. Huh. Um, for some reason, you can rotate and move forward at the same time if you're rotating to the right, but not to the left. Um, I got some really bad frame rate hitching um, yep. quite yeah. often, especially when I was whistling. Mm -hmm. um, the 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 teleporter that's labeled Jacksonville actually takes you to Savannah, which is not Jacksonville. Uh, and in general, sometimes like the locations of things on the map where they tell you where stuff is are just slightly wrong. <laughs> it's like you're listing this port as not on a river, so I don't understand. Um, yeah. So by the way, you can't cross rivers automatically. You can only cross them at crossing points. So you have to find your way to a crossing point, or you have to like hitchhike. Uh, a ride across a like a car bridge. That's the thing. Yeah. So these are yeah. these are like all consistent problems that I ran into, which like feels like that game needed more work. I'm guessing I would 
be very much not surprised to learn that they ran out of money on this game. That like they were most of the way through dev, and then they like they're like, well, we're just not going to have enough funding uh, unless we release at this date. So whatever we they get done by that point, money. we get done. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Um, other things that are not exactly bugs, but are like UI um, improvements. Uh, the, so when you go to the map, the map shows you a ton of stuff like where uh, every story you've discovered is and where the current people are camping and where uh, like any crossings are and where uh, all the cities are and things. And you can toggle any of this information on and off which is super important because if you're like, for instance, just looking for where the next campfire is, you can't fucking see it unless you turn the stories off. Um, mm -hmm. And it the the things that they set you on by default are weird because um, it's like everything yeah. except undiscovered stories. Um, but if you change those settings, the game does not remember them when you quit and restart. So every time you restart playing the, like you, you've you gone away from the game and you've opened it up again, you have to redo all your map settings. So which is I like, will say even more that every time you start the game, the game doesn't remember your settings. I had to lower my sound every time I started the game. Where it's like, okay, like, if the game auto-saves, save the fucking settings file. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah. what are we, what are we, like, 1986 here? Come on. <laughs> um, there's, uh, playing mouse and keyboard is a little bit annoying because you can do almost everything on just keyboard. Uh, except then when you're in the stories, you have to switch over to using the mouse to, like, navigate menus and choose things which why not just let you use the keyboard to navigate menus and choose things it's just as good a an interface and also then you would never have to like leave the keyboard yeah um and my my biggest ui complaint which is actually kind of a mechanical complaint uh is i I really, really wish that they had let you see what the mood of the stories are visually in some way. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. understand. <laughs> I understand that the point is that you, um, that you actually listen to the whole or and or read the whole story and internalize the story and and feel the mood rather than just clicking through. But at the very least, like if I've upgraded the story, let me see what mood it is right because at that point the mood's not going to change anymore right because i'm not making any decisions on the story and like it's been it's clearly been long enough since i originally got the story that it wouldn't hurt you to remind me <laughs> what the yeah. mood is but there's so many stories where like the thrilling mood is so close to the scary mood that it's impossible to tell like which one it's supposed to be uh or sometimes even like the hopeful and sad moods are very close to each other. Yeah. Like there, there was one about there's one that I that I remember in particular. It's about like um uh what was the the tagline? It was like the man whose death bones rattled and it was like a guy and he's like, "Yep, I'm going to die." 
I know I'm it's I know I'm gonna yeah. die yeah. soon. And then story. and then he walks off to go die. And yes, that is a hopeful story. What? <laughs> like the and the original title is like the man who was okay with his own death, which yeah. like you can sort of read it that one as hopeful. But once it get up, uh, gets upgraded, it yeah, the title becomes something that you would not at all read as hopeful. Yeah, and there's one story that I can't I can't even remember what it was now. But there's one that I, I just had in my deck for a long time, and I never fucking figured out what, <laughs> what that was. story was. Like, it yeah, was, I it had was a something like about a too. ghost, but it wasn't scary. Uh, Is it yeah, the one it, about, like, the, the grave mound where there's, like, a skeleton that talks to you? No, that it was funny. It was, oh, it was the one about um, uh, the ghost that was trapped in a bottle. Oh, the, the trees. Yeah. The, the tree with the bottles on it. That's, uh, that's, that's a, a funny story. Funny. I thought I okay. I thought I tried funny for that one, and it, it didn't work. But maybe I that just was like my funny. one and only funny story I have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were some other ones? Oh, there was there was one about um, the grave digger or the the grave robber, and like the Native American spirit that punishes grave robbers. That's a funny story. Is that a funny story? That was a. Funny I thought that story. was. I thought that was a sad story. It was a funny story because I I had that one in my deck, and I used that as one of my funny stories. Jesus. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Like, I could see how it, it could have been funny uh, at the outset, and maybe maybe it's maybe it's because of the what I chose. I was uh, gonna say, there are some stories where it very clearly, like, the choice you make in the early part of the story determines, A, what arcana it's in, and B, what mood it ends up as. Yeah, because I remember uh, when I first got that story, I think I, like, lied to the grave robber to scare him away. And I think that's probably what made it funny, but then it got upgraded and upgraded and it and the tagline for it was like literally about a, a Native American spirit that uh that punishes people who come to rob native graves. And it's still I, a funny story. I well so I think mine got upgraded into like uh like a Robin Hood who robs uh from the graves of the rich to give to the poor or something like that. So I think we probably just chose different things on that one. Yeah, that could have been it. Um, so I think, still, yeah, man. mine was sad, which was weird because it feels more like an adventure story. Um, but, yeah, ah, they show some goddamn UI <laughs> on what type of story it is, at least after it's been fully upgraded. Like, at the very least. That way they can still, like, listen to the story and internalize it. But that, that I, and that would even give, like, a better motivation for upgrading the stories all the way. Yeah, so you would know would. what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a long list of UX problems. Yeah, give us give uh, us the rest of yours. Um, sound is muted in the menus, so you can't lower the sound and actually hear what the sound is gonna be. Good one. Um, yeah. map icons are looks like when they're black, like popping. That means they're not showing on the map. Yeah, they're kind of inverted. Um, what is selected and what isn't in terms of like the map icon colors? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to scroll in on the map, you scroll out. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that the map zoom is backwards on the scroll wheel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Most stuff we've touched on. There was one thing that I noticed uh, very consistently was the text would would go past the borders of like icons on the screen um where 
it's very clear that the text is meant to be within the bounds of this icon that pops up, and it's just not. It's just floating there off the edge. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess mechanically, this is unrelated. Sorry. Um, I, I just remembered a mechanics thing that we forgot, um, which is uh, about the storytelling. Uh, when, you, when you're sitting around a campfire with someone and you tell them a story, um, you can only tell one story from each arcana at mm, per campfire yeah. sitting because as they tell um as you tell a story from that arcana uh it like it basically like blanks out that arcana on the map and they tell you something about themselves related to that arcana so like if you use something from the travel arcana they'll say a response that's related to travel um and if you say you know do something from the lovers arcana they'll like tell you their thoughts on love and things like that um also, which is also can no oh, okay is also a pretty cool mechanic like i like that you know that the different arcanas represent like different ways of getting to know people yeah and you can't tell like the same person uh, the same story twice even a even across different campfires once they've heard yeah. a story then and even if it's upgraded story. yeah yeah, that was the only part that bothered me was that after after an upgrade, you couldn't retell the same story, which seems like you should be able to do because sometimes the stories change very drastically. Also, um, that makes the the best be, like the best option to do if you open the eye is to stop talking to that person. Yep, that's what I did. <laughs> or or to. Um... To, I didn't realize you could end it early. So what I used, what I did once I had fully opened the eye was um, I, I told them a bunch of stories that I wasn't sure what the mood was to see what their response would be to help me guess the mood of that story. Oh, yeah. uh, and then, and like, the more stories you tell them, the more, uh, like, chances you have to upgrade those other stories as well. So I would just like, all right, let's just get through some stories that I want to upgrade and get out of my deck. Um, because I don't care about them. They're too hard to remember what mood they are. Yeah. Um, there's there's theoretically, so when you when you talk to the wolf at the very end of the game, once you've collected everybody's stories, he has that little eye icon at the top. And nothing I told him actually opened the eye in any way. Um, but I saw a lot of speculation on the forums about like whether or not it's possible to actually get a different ending by by completing the wolf story um you also apparently encounter the wolf every time you die i guess that's another thing we didn't mention mechanically you do have three stats you have a uh, money health and fatigue uh, right or, fatigue you know, yeah just like tiredness um and if any of those runs out completely um you like go back and meet the wolf again and he sends you out again um, oh, I never you did can that. Die? Yeah, you can apparently die. I I never did that. I just found this I on the forms. Like I lost all my health. The when it's all the way empty and it's at the dotted line, you need to like it needs to be reduced one more time. I think before you die. Okay. Um. So yeah, there's like it's it's kind of interesting because you would think like money is like a granular thing that you would have like a set number of, but all three stats are just there is like. Full, half full, empty, and then if you get one more demerit, then I think you die. Um, so not exactly like 
Uh, but that actually kind of works well for the mood of the story because you're just like, ooh, I I need to like keep an eye on my health because I'm real low. I shouldn't like take the I shouldn't try and and uh, illegally hop aboard a train in case I get beaten up at the next train station. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing. I I don't know if it's if it's possible to um to romance the wolf as it were. Um, but the ending of the game is like weirdly anticlimactic. Um, the wolf is just like, you know, thanks for the stories. Like, I hope you appreciate that. Like, the journey was more important than the destination. Um, and then, like, he opens his mouth, and there's like a star field inside his mouth, and the camera pans into his mouth. So it's unclear if that's intended to imply that he eats you. Um, yeah. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just like releases you to the afterlife or something. Um, yeah. It's maybe it's love. Say. Yeah, I, I, I will say though that I did not expect to get bored in this game, so <laughs> that was a, an interesting surprise. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I like the sort of like weird dreamlike, um, like kind of general approach to, to the 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 wolf and this whole scenario that you're in, and the fact that you're like. A skeleton wandering around and like sometimes you just run into talking animals and it's like totally normal yeah there yeah it, uh, a lot of the atmosphere was very cool a lot of the art was very good um it just music what music there was was really like fine yeah. at first mm -hmm. um until it overstays its welcome but that's yeah. i mean i think like all of this is like it's a way to stretch yeah. Just too much, too much, too little game in this very big game. Yeah, yeah too little gameplay in a very long game. Uh, yeah, I think, so So the, the travel is not gameplay uh, complaint is one that actually, like, uh, a friend of mine and I, like, uh, talk about a lot. Or, well, specifically he talks about it a lot, and I've been there several times. Um <laughs> But, like, it's also a problem with games, apparently, like, um, Sunless Sea. And, like, basically a lot of walking simulator-type things where it's, like, the idea is there is gameplay, but it's just spread out. And you have to do a, like, tedious, repetitive task to get to it. <laughs> um, and that, yeah. I feel like, is not great game design. <laughs> yeah. There are ways to make travel interesting by turning it into exploration um but that's like a different thing and that's not what's being done here um mm -hmm. but anyway so so on the subject of the art being very good one of my absolute favorite things in the game is uh once you've gotten to the third chapter with any person um the wolf gives you the power to see their true forms uh and some of the true forms were just real rad and weird yeah yeah, I remember the first the first time I encountered that, it was a really cool experience because, you know, you're just expecting to pop up to the campfire and here's the guy again. And then they their their picture fades out and the new portrait of them fades in and it's just this like horrify it was the um the coal miner who Interesting. Yeah, well, I, and, what and was his his was like a bunch of 
coal miner just people. like a, a a blob of like shadowy figures that are you know ostensibly uh, other other miners that were abused by the mining company. Yeah, he's as, he's the union leader guy. Yeah. is his whole mm-hmm. thing. So he's like got all of the other coal miners kind of like in is are are a part of him in a sense. Yeah, which was really cool and that that's one of my favorite uh portraits i think uh that changes uh, my my favorite was like also the first one that i encountered which is quinn um who's like this little girl who ran away from home and she's like a bunch of wolves snarling to get out of a trench coat yeah that one was cool yeah. too yes uh there's a so I guess we can we should maybe go through who the characters are because it's like it's worth talking about them they were all interesting and say to Google all of us um, yeah I shouldn't be doing this because I have the loudest keyboard uh. <laughs> uh, yeah so let's see so Quinn uh, is the one where uh, here we go. Quinn's the one with the the wolves um, little Ben is the coal miner. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Dupree is the the lady con artist. She's a she's a like a a fox surrounded surrounded by like cards and and cash with like stuff sticking out of her fur. Yeah, she's like real cool. Yeah. Um. Al- Altea was the blues singer. Yeah, she she like sold her soul to the devil to be um good with her. Get to, to to be good at singing the blues and she like her story is that she like left behind um like her her mother and baby brother that she was like supposed to be supporting even though like her your you know like uh, the rest of the family should have been supporting them but like they weren't um so she like got away but she still feels guilty over it mm-hmm. um what was her true form it was it was her holding her guitar and they had been turned to stone and then this like blues man devil figure sort of beside them yeah that's right the devil had had claimed her mm-hmm. uh, uh, i think of like the order that i ran into them there's a uh, is no mason is the really sad one uh, mason is like a soldier, soldier? Yeah, who yeah. um like after like he came home his like with a wound like his leg got infected and had to be cut off and um he was so he's like one of the like more modern era guys cuz he's talking about like um like war protests and stuff. The idea yeah. I think is he was like a World War 2 vet. Um Yeah. So he talks about like you know marching on Washington and protesting at like the treatment of veterans. Um his true form is like his normal self and his wartime self like tearing each other in half like he's half of him was is he, one part was he also of... the one who had a twin who died in the war and anytime yeah. someone I thought from it was his, family... his twin no that could have been too like in the true form you mean yeah 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 i don't remember yeah the yeah. idea and is he has, he has how... two two halves and they're being like torn apart from each other um yeah. so yeah and you could read anytime that anytime he would encounter someone like from his family that all they would see in him is just his dead brother yeah and yeah so his his was very sad yeah and for for a long time was the only tower card i had i'm like where is everything in the tower arcana um let's see who was um 
oh franklin was the like the black porter for the train company yeah um and this was apparently like this sounds like a real historical thing but i did not do proper research to find out about it, who pullman's porters are it was this is a long time ago you mentioned the no such thing as a fish podcast and i remember them talking about this um the pullman porters i i think they primarily were like all black men who were uh, you know, employed by the Pullman train company. And there was a weird thing about how I think the, the founder of the company's name was George. And so called them all George, all right? of them were called George, even if that wasn't their name. And it became like a big union thing. Like we don't want to like the George isn't our fucking name. Don't call us George. And I remember that because he does reference mention it, like yeah. being called George. And I was like, Oh, that's the thing that I heard about on that, that good podcast that Kyla recommended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i'm glad you liked it uh yeah. so yeah no he he specifically he talks a lot about like sort of the the race relations and tensions between the passengers on the train and the porters mm -hmm. uh and he's like oh yeah no like one of the reasons that we didn't all like that pe like we weren't supposed to all be called george anymore is because white passengers named george complained that they didn't want to like share their name with all these black porters <laughs> and yeah yeah, his his true form is really cool because it's like this like lattice work that's covered in these different masks that are all yeah. like different porter faces. Yeah, that one was really cool. Um, who else? I'm looking. I'm looking at the list. Like, I have a list of names from uh, the wiki. So, uh, I don't I know Cassidy... the names. I just like know like the people. Was Cassidy the poet? I think so. Cassidy the, is the like, poet. Like the beat poet. Yeah, so there's there's was... like a poet guy who like um his his like uh he had two two mutual friends, male and female, and he had been romantically involved with the male friend, but then like the male friend ditched him to marry the female friend. Um and so he's like torn up about that and like trying to travel to regain his inspiration. Yeah. Um Let's see. There was well, there's Rose who was like was, the hippie. What was his, oh, his true friend. The the poet's true friend. True form is like, um, he's got his head like literally in some clouds, um, but the clouds are like really storming and like pouring and electrocuting, and and I think oh, the yeah. rest of him is like in front of a typewriter. Yeah, um, and then there was Rose who was the hippie girl who talked about like getting getting into the culture just at the end when all the communes were breaking up like she talked about like hate ashbury and how she got there right as the culture was like starting to fizzle out um and her her true form was like a rifle stuck into the ground with a help she was like vietnam war protest stuff basically uh, and, and like great tell. grateful dead stuff because it was like a big rose garden and yeah the end uh, of rose garden <laughs> yeah yeah um there were a few sort of like native characters. There was Dahaya, who was um, uh, I think a Navajo, um, like uh, sort of priestess type woman, um, who uh, she it was it's very cool. She um, her true form is the four sacred mountains of the mm -hmm. Navajo, which was like kind of a neat visual. Um, yeah, and she just cool. kind of, you know, as as one might expect, she talks about the, you know, 
how the natives were like driven out of their lands and the trail of tears and all that horrible shit from the u.s past oh yeah um which one was the cowboy that the cowboy outlaw was that ray uh, i want to say that was ray but i could be wrong uh that might have been ray i think that's ray it's right yeah. to me yeah and you and you encounter him with his horse and he just talks about like basically like red dead redemption 2 uh there's no place for cowboys in the world anymore it's real sad all, this, all the all the land is becoming parceled out into these like tiny little private things or like government places so there's nowhere you can like just ride anymore i yeah, think he like does something defense. he does something illegal and gets arrested like the last time you talked to him he's like yeah i gotta go on the run now <laughs> sorry yeah and and he's like uh uh I don't remember if he's a skeleton, but his horse is definitely a skeleton at that point, uh, which was pretty cool. <laughs> he, yeah, he has his horse with him, and uh, like his true form has a horse skeleton, which is kind of sad. But yeah, um, yeah. there's who's the um, the woman who uh, the the like healer woman the the like oh, was that uh, um, Mexican uh, Fidelina? Fidelina, I think, was her name. That sounds right. Yeah, and this, yeah, she this was... wiki I'm on is the wrong has the wrong set of names. Um... Uh, this is I'll send you the wiki that I'm looking at. It doesn't have links. Like none of these pages actually exist. Um, so I'm just trying to look at this these names and remember which one was which. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she was talking about like you know, passing on, um, like, the, the tradition of being, like, the healer, and how no one in her family wants to take on that responsibility, and she, like, her grandkids, like, their, her children don't want to do it, and her children forbid her from teaching her grandchildren, and it's, like, you know, the death of a tradition. She is, she is a, a curandera, which I, I gather is some, um, some kind of, like, traditional south american or mexican like healing role i don't actually know much about the real history of this at all yeah um it sounded interesting but yeah it's it sounded like basically she was like um what used to be sort of a you know like a witch woman right like a medicinal uh yeah he like an herbal healer who sort of like also was charged with like keeping away bad spirits uh and things like that um, but yeah, the idea was like, you know, times are moving on, uh, and, uh, she, you know, she's, her, her practices are no longer like valued by, by her people. And it's sort of really sad. Yeah. I found um... a, I found a better list. The, the TV tropes one oh. weirdly has like a good list. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Jimmy, let's talk about Jimmy, the preacher, preacher oh, man. Yeah. Jimmy was one of my favorites. Um, cause he's like a, he's like a, you know, one of those sort of like, not stereotypical, I guess, traditional, like black preachers, but his story is actually that he was like, not, uh, orthodox in, or like trained in, uh, um, what's, or he was not ordained in any way. He just like wanted to join the war effort. So he pretended to be a chaplain, um, and like eventually just got good enough at reading the Bible that he could just like you know, be 
be a, a preacher wherever he was needed. And he's like, yeah, no, I've like, I've been a bunch of different denominations. Sometimes I even like am Catholic for a little bit, like whatever they need me to be. Yeah. Uh, and his true form is like his human self wrestling with his angel self. Yeah. The idea is like he, you know, he wants to be a good person and he's sort of like doing good, but also he's kind of doing it in a deceptive way. Mm -hmm. um so like I, th I thought that was pretty cool i liked that form a lot um yeah. okay then we we talked about cassidy we talked about dupree uh althea oh, the blues singer we didn't talk about bertha who uh went oh, yeah. west fleeing the dust bowl with her husband and their children and her husband wanted to go back and she didn't and eventually her husband just took her kids and left her in california or at least out west somewhere, you find her in California. And her... Like, uh, isn't she like a dust storm or something? Yeah, like it's... Yeah, she basically is a dust storm when you, uh, when you up upgrade her, I guess. Shaw. It says Shaw, a sharecropper. He's the one that was in prison. I don't ah, he's the the old the old black man who's um yeah oh okay right. yeah i don't remember much man i guess like okay he left prison and now he's going to see his son uh, yeah he talks okay, about yeah. how like prison was like not necessarily a worse deal than being a sharecropper he's yeah. a real downer <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, well, he's, like, remarkably cheerful for all that, like, the stuff that he talks about is really depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about Shaw. What was, does, do you remember what Shaw's, like, true form was? No. I can't remember. Uh... I, I can probably Google image search that, yeah. Shaw, yeah, you should do it instead of me. True form... <laughs> Where the water tastes like um, images. I'm not going to show it on even on Google image search, huh? Wow. Of course. Well, we'll never know. Uh, Shaw's visual symbolism storyteller. Uh, oh, he. Is... Oh, he's like a. No wonder I didn't remember this. He is a crane with four wings and oh, surrounded by yeah. different tarot cards. Yeah. I don't I understand that why oh. that why he is that. Yeah, I remember that now. Uh and Actually, I don't he is a he is a blue heron, I guess, with four wings. Yeah, I don't understand the symbolism for that one. Thing about freedom maybe because Yeah. Because bird. Um yeah, I don't know. Bird. Um so then there's uh, Rocio or Rocio, who is a migrant worker, like a fruit picker, um, uh -huh. who has like and trouble with her be, hands. He wanted to be a dancer. He, she, I don't know. He, I actually don't know. I assumed she, but uh, I don't it's know for sure. It's difficult to say. An ambiguously gendered individual, uh -huh. um, yeah, who's like, uh, yeah, wanted, wanted to do some stuff but got the only thing available is like fruit picking and it like destroys your hands and it's not great yeah basically all of these are just man real bad shit can happen to you in your life 
Yeah, it's, yeah I mean, all it's, stories in this game are sad. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, to some extent, that is the tradition of American storytelling, is it's always kind of real harsh <laughs> in, uh, in a certain way. Um, and, like, even some of the, like, great hero stories, like, you know, your John Henrys and whatnot, are still ultimately kind of sad stories. Um, yeah. And I think that, like, in some way that, like, is a little overbearing, but in other ways it's it's very true to kind of the nature of the, the storytelling tradition that this game is about. Um, so there's mm -hmm. one more character that we forgot, which is the last character I did, which is August, the sailor. Um, oh, yeah. Who is just a drunkard, um, basically? Yeah. Like he, his his story is basically the story of the man from old, uh, old man's journey. <laughs> like yeah, he, basically. he had a family, he had a wife and daughter, um, but he couldn't stand being in one place. His desire for adventure was too much, so he like shipped away with the navy, and then he got involved in uh, like his you know his ship got sank, and he you know came back and there was nothing to do but drink and now he's just like a drunk homeless person yep um i'm trying to remember what his true form was something was he to the do one? with i think he had an albatross a literal uh, albatross yeah a literal big old albatross tied around him yep and i think there was like some stuff about like the booze and the the ocean and stuff um <laughs> yeah so i think that's all the characters yeah, that sounds right. Probably, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of characters. Um, yeah, as we said, like, I like I understand. Um, you wanted to have a variety of like tarot categories so that people had different things you could talk to them about, but you you didn't need sixteen. Sixteen is too many. Um, and you don't need two hundred and fifty stories. Uh, it's. It's like this game needs to be less than half as long as it is. It really does. All right, let me check my notes and see if I had any other stuff that uh any anyone have any particular like favorite stories from the little stories that they ran into that you can remember offhand? Uh, like really. there was there was a good funny one which was like um, a woman who got kicked out of her house by cows, and cows oh, were living yeah. there. There's one that I that I found that I ended up using. I I kept it in my deck as one of my funny stories uh, about um, the man whose horse could go around the world three times in the blink of an eye. I think I didn't <laughs> fully upgrade that story. Was that the man who is real proud of his horse? Yes, it was. Um. Yeah, you, you you go see a man and he like unprompted starts talking to you about how his horse is a purebred and then the horse tries to bite you. Is that story? Yeah. The horse tries to bite you and then like maybe it winks at you. It's unclear. Yeah, it winks at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. The uh, there's a there's some of the scary ones were like real good and scary. Um, there was one about like a a family that's like planting or that's like picking an ear of corn and they keep talking about how like oh. oh it's grandma it's grandma coming back like we buried her and now she's like giving us back uh this corn 
from the ground. And if you stay long enough and try to talk to them, they're like, like the the man talking to his two kids and the two kids are all like worm riddled corpses. Yeah, I remember that one. Um, I'm trying to think of the ones that I had up. Oh, oh there's one where um, oh go go ahead, Carl. Can you, can you guys explain the molasses story? I no, never understood. Did I get the molasses one? Oh, it's it's the it it evolves into uh, a story like, about like molasses that like grew to heat feed a full town. I have no I, I have no fucking yeah, idea. But what? It's not a funny story. Oh, it's was a hopeful that, story. It's a hopeful story. Uh, um, wait, was that a reference to the molasses flood? Or was that a different I, thing? I thought it maybe that like I thought that could be the only thing that I could think of, but like that's that would not be a hopeful story. So yeah, the molasses flood uh, destroyed. Was that Boston? I think that it destroyed. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There was there was a factory where they made molasses. It like something broke down. The molasses flooded the streets and like killed a few people and like. Did a lot of property damage. Yeah, like that—that that yeah. could be funny or could be sad, but it's certainly not hopeful. Um, yeah, yeah. So this was another sort of recurring problem where there were a few stories where I feel like the mood was based not on the actual story but on what it was going to evolve into. So there was no way that you could really tell from the start what the mood was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, one of my favorite ones that I got was uh, you go, it starts off where you go into a building and you, you win at cards and then you leave the building and it catches on fire and that evolves into a vengeful demon that punishes people who beat him at cards. Yeah. By like burning uh, down buildings. Yeah, that was an adventure story, I think. Yeah. Um, and then there was there another some good one ones. about uh, the devil who inhabits the body of a cow and punishes sinners. <laughs> there was some, some cool one, there was like a cool one about a ghost buffalo running away from like some riders who were oh, trying yeah. to catch it, some hunters. There was a similar one about a deer also. Yes, the deer that, the deer that like runs into traffic when you try and uh, like warn it yeah. or something. I think that one evolves into like the the deer that would rather face death than be touched by human hands or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's first. I think yeah, it's it evolved first, again after that. Yeah, so the first oh, yeah, one, that is, the first evolution yeah. is uh, the deer that chose death over capture, and then the last evolution is the deer that could not be touched by human hands. No, I think it yeah. has another evolution, but maybe I'm wrong. I think that's because I'm pretty sure that was one of my go-to sads that I had in my deck for a while that was fully upgraded. So, yeah. um, I I inadvertently missed the one about the Jersey Devil because I focused too much on the water in that scene and not enough on the Jersey Devil, which made me sad. Which one? There's one where you see a strange. You're in New Jersey and you see a strange creature by the side of a lake, and your option is to like interact with the creature or go dive in the lake. Uh, uh, and I, I dove what? in the lake. I think I must have done that as well. Then, damn. I assume that that's the Jersey Devil if you don't focus on the lake. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. At that well, point, I was you like, go. you know, like everyone expects me to go to like talk to this weird creature. I'm going to go to the lake instead. And then I got the worst story. So, like, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, after that, I tried to always do like whatever seemed like the most exciting thing. Yeah, that's probably um, fair. Yeah, there was there were a few there were a few that you can definitely like get a strong sense of the story and like if I were playing it again, I would probably just stick with those and not bother with the ones that seem ambiguous. Um, because there's so many that it's just really hard to like. What's what's the one? I never figured out what's the one with the like the painters who are like in their boss's office because they're kind of on strike or whatever. Oh yeah, I I didn't was that like funny or I I didn't put I think it I tried it as well. funny and it wasn't funny and then I just stopped. Yeah. There there uh, were quite a few that I'm like I'm gonna try to figure out what this story is. And didn't the I painter get arrested? I don't know. I think maybe it depends on what you do, um, whether you like try and help them or don't try and help them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, other stuff on my list. This is sort of a, at its heart a loot collecting game, which is really weird. Not like what I would have pegged it as. But it's really just like go around and pick up all of the loot, and then you like use the things you picked up. Yeah, yeah. I would say like it needs something to tie it together better. Like maybe encounter the wolf more and progress the wolf's story. That could yeah. help to have like a goal. Because now it's like, oh, get these sixteen people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it could also maybe help if, like, the different regions had different qualities about them, if there were, like, certain things you could and couldn't do in different regions, because um, then traveling the map might feel more interesting. Um, right now, what happens is just, like, the music changes when you go from, like, the Midwest to the South or whatever. Um, let's see. It it reminded me in a certain way, There's a there's a board game... Uh, called Arabian Nights, which is like a big storytelling board game where you have like this huge tome of like story pieces. And the idea is that, like your character gets into a situation and then you make a decision about what you're going to do. And like based on skills you may or may not have and, you know, like where, where you landed and some stuff like that, um, you turn to one of the pages in the big tome of books and you read out like what happened, a uh, big tome of stories rather. Um, and it's it's like fun and it creates some like funny unexpected interesting stories but the problem is like there's no way to be good at arabian nights because there's no way to predict what will happen when you do anything um <laughs> and i kind of felt that way when i was like making decisions on these stories it's like oh like i have really no way of knowing if, if i do thing x if this is going to turn out very well or very poorly. So I guess I just need to like arbitrarily pick something and go with it. Which I guess is fine. Like that's not necessarily a bad thing because there's it's not like you one result is way better than another result yeah. most of the time. You get a story either way. Uh yeah, and it does I would tell feel you about it if if like your story outcomes weren't tied to the mood of the story. Yeah, it does tell you what arcana it's going to be in, which is nice. It gives yeah. you a little like icon indicating like, oh, if you choose this, your result will be in like the devil arcana or, you know, if you choose the other one, it'll be a tower arcana story or mm -hmm. something. 
I could never remember the Arcanus. I, I mostly couldn't, except towards the end of the game, I did uh, keep track of, like, okay, I have way too many, like, you know, um, whatever the, like, pentagram one was, stories, and, like, almost no, you know, power stories or whatever. So mm -hmm. if I see this one, I should definitely not click on it, and if I see this one, I definitely should click on it. Yeah, I think um, I ended up only having, like, four stories that were worth anything in the Lover's Arcana by the end of the game. Yeah. yeah so it's it's good to try and diversify your Arcanas because you can't use the Arcana, each Arcana, more than once per campfire. Mm -hmm. um, so the more you diversify, the more you have a chance of having, like, different stories of different types in different Arcanas. Um, yeah. That's also, there's not much punishment for failing. Yeah. So, the character yeah, moves just... and you go walk for another, like, 30 seconds. And, then yeah, and actually, there's even some benefit to failing because it means you have an opportunity to spread more stories. Um, and, like, because you get, then you, you know, you tell them another sequence of stories, so that's another sequence of stories that you can upgrade. So there is actually sort of a reward for failure um, in a way that, that makes a good loop. Uh, yeah. Oh, so the other thing I wanted to talk about was the the travel uh, mechanics. Like, which which travel did you guys do? Because um, I ended up mostly just walking everywhere. Yeah, so did I. Walk, walk, walk. I it seemed it seemed like there wasn't much point to hitchhiking because usually, like, by the time a hitchhiker even picked you up, you were most of the way where you were going. Yeah. Yeah, and you're also like the hitchhikers barely faster than you're walking. It really At least isn't. if you're whistling. Yeah. Yeah. They're slow and you have no control I... over where they drop you off. Yeah. So <laughs> I I never um hopped on trains because I was too afraid of the repercussions. I think I bought train tickets like once or twice. I did the opposite. I never bought a train ticket, but I did hop a train. I mean you lose one increment of heart, so I just never did it when I was like at minimum hearts. Um, but yeah. it's easy enough to find little places where you can like rest or eat or like make some money if your stats are low. Um, yeah. So you don't have to worry it's about also it too like, much. There's always stuff on the way, and if you yeah. if you travel by train, you're gonna miss. Yeah, uh, and that yeah, was mostly miss. like I needed to get back up to a place where I had previously picked up my stories because there's a campfire there now. Um, yeah, I, I so, only ever did that moving backwards. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up doing more trains towards the end when I didn't have an, as many stories along the way to pick up. Um, yeah. The, the one thing, though, about hopping a train, when you hop a boxcar, there's, like, it fades into a scene real briefly where you're in the boxcar and there's a lamp in front of you. And then on the other side of the lamp is a big empty space that really, really looks like someone should be sitting there. Yeah. I... And, I really, like, is there no stories there? I really thought there must be, like, some random chance that someone appears there at some point. But I never ran into anyone. And I thought maybe hmm. there's some of the characters that you meet in, like, the Northeast or something, um, like, might show up there uh, if I hadn't already finished them. Um, my thought was, like, if I did it often enough, maybe the wolf would show up. 
but I never met anyone on the train. And it really felt like, was it just me or do they say at the beginning, like sometimes you might meet someone on a train? I don't remember that. I don't like they said that anything. line, but maybe I'm maybe I'm hallucinating that. It's difficult to say. <laughs> oh yeah, that was, and yeah, the, so there's not a lot of point in taking the train because you miss stuff. There's not a lot of point in hitchhiking because it's not faster um, by any reasonable margin, and you don't get to control where you get off the hitchhike. And so it's like, why do you ever like? Why do those even exist? Why not just walk? I mean, I guess it makes sense that they exist because, like, hitchhiking and train hopping are... They, yeah, they, it's, like, they part like of a, the narrative. Yeah, they yeah. feel like a big part of the setting and of the, like... Thematically, thematically you know, like, they the, make sense. Mechanically, they're not yeah. that useful. Yeah, That's exactly. why I want, like, to remove the walking from this game and only have, like, hitchhiking or hopping trains. Yeah, uh, that would certainly make things like more interesting in certain uh -huh. ways. Um, if like figuring out how to get to certain locations was kind of a puzzle, that would be like at least a mechanic that would that would help you feel like you're not just spending too much time doing nothing. Yeah. <sighs> All right, I think that's everything that's like on my list. I I was so. Like, I so wanted there to be this to be better, right? Like, because the the core concept is interesting, the stories are so good, um, and even the the main mechanical loop is like well thought out. But just ah, there's just so much unnecessary stuff in this. So much just like chaff, packing peanuts. Yeah, I feel like we're maybe shitting on it a bit too much, but that's like. Because of our expect expectations. And like, there is something there. Yeah, there definitely is. Um, I, I just, I don't know, could have used more refining and more editing just to take out a lot of the dead space. And less thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just less, just less, less thing. in general. Um, it's, it is like, it is like when you, you know, like ordering, ordering a thing you really want, like a, like a, you know, palm sized hard drive from Amazon and it comes in like a five foot by five foot box full of packing peanuts and you have to just like search through it. And like, when you find the thing, it's exactly the thing you wanted. And it's like a very good thing, but it's like, why'd you make me dig through that enormous box? That's a great metaphor. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where the water tastes like wine. It's oh, also there's an achievement uh that's found the place where water tastes like wine. And I looked it up and as far as I can tell, it is not an achievable achievement. Oh. It is uh it is okay. it's a it's a locked like troll achievement that you can never actually get. Um, unless nice. it's linked to uh, like completing the wolf story and just no one has actually managed to do it yet. I mean, the wolf mentions it in the intro. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, but it's it's supposed to represent like this mythic mythical place that everyone wants but no one can actually reach, right? So mm -hmm. thematically, it makes sense to be an achievement that's <laughs> unobtainable. 
Yeah. But uh, I got every other achievement in this game for what it's worth. Nice. I did, I did like, um, I did go back and get the circus one because I like was looking at the achievements afterwards and I looked up the circus one and it's like, you know, get 200 stories. And I'm like, wait, I have 200 stories. Why don't I have this achievement? And it turns out that I needed like 213 or something like that because the thing is broken. Uh. It probably has to do with the fact that I think they patched this game and they added a bunch of stories. And so it maybe it has to do with how many stories you have left rather than how many stories you actually have. So oh, adding yeah. stories like threw off the number. That's my guess. That could, yeah, that makes sense. Huh. But the, it's the uh, uh, Runciter's Circus vignettes. So like when you hit a certain point, you start getting stories about the circus and you get like three or four of them in a row that are all about the same circus. And so oh, if you wow. complete all those circus ones, then you get a... You get an achievement. Hmm. Yeah, I did not get that many stories, apparently. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, at that point, I was just like, I only got it because I was mad that I had done the thing and didn't get the achievement. <laughs> that's fair. That's a good, that's a good enough reason. But yeah. So that's where the water tastes like wine. Um if you like, if you're interested in kind of the American storytelling folklore tradition, like, I would actually recommend picking it up. For a certain subset of people who don't mind the, like, really slow pace, I think it actually could be, like, a really great game for them. Um, yeah. But you, you have to be prepared for it to have this really, like, slow, methodical pace that gets kind of, like, repetitive towards the end. Mm -hmm. That's just that's mm -hmm. just a thing you have to accept. Yeah, have have something playing in the background, or watch something in the background. That's what I did for the last chunk of it. But then, but what about the stories? I feel like you miss all the stories when you do that. I would. I mean, I would yeah. still read the stories. It's just like, uh, like uh, putting on a. Uh, not like a movie, but like, I don't know, Let's Plays or something. Just just something to offset getting from point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I understand. <laughs> I, I could yeah. understand, like, yeah. listening to a podcast or a different soundtrack or something if you just, like, if you're just in it at the end for, yeah. like, picking up the last few stories. Yeah, that was something that I, like, didn't I didn't even think to do like the whole time that I was, you know, in the eastern easternmost part of the country where they they're doling out stories hot and heavy just every 5 feet there's a new story. Um but... I mean it's also because it's the beginning of the game and you just yeah. like there's a lot you haven't found yet because over mm -hmm. time you you find them and so they're just like there are fewer left on the map. Yep. And you got to go further to get them. So, yeah. Uh, did it's did everybody else go um like start in the northeast then go to the southeast then go like up to the midwest then down to the southwest and then up to the northwest to finish um it seemed to me like the most reasonable path across the country i i meandered a bit um and i yeah, ended up so meandering a lot through the midwest just because like I grew up in Iowa, so it's like, well, I gotta go see what's in Iowa. 
And while I'm here, I might as well go do Minnesota because like I've, you know, been in Minnesota quite a bit in like, you know, growing up, like traveling up there. So there that, are, that's kind of cool. There are a bunch of bigger cities that you can go in where like each city has a story and like a job that you can take if you want. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the Seattle one, when you get up to it, starts with it's raining in Seattle, of course. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Iowa didn't have a big city. <laughs> Iowa, yeah, because Iowa, Iowa had, doesn't have any big cities. I mean, it does now, but definitely back in the past. Like there was there was only even one city on the map that was named in Iowa, and that was Cedar Rapids, which was surprising to me. I've I mean I've been there. Cedar Rapids is not a whole lot going on there. It's not a great place to go, but for storytelling yeah maybe it is the folk i would have thought it would have been des moines but i guess not i'm just happy that i knew the capital of iowa <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, it yeah, is that's... a good it is a good geography lesson to some extent you do like see like yeah. where all the states are relative to each other and like what their major cities are and stuff yeah um which like I, it's embarrassing how like how often I like you know was like ah shit, where is Wyoming? <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> I, like have to look at the map. Like ah oh, crap. Which one? <laughs> like I am not actually, I am not actually that good at, at American geography, especially all the like semi Midwestern states. Well, all of the very square states. Like which one is Wyoming? Which one is Colorado? Where the fuck is Montana? Yeah. I don't think I could point to Montana on a map even now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so there you have it. Where the water tastes like wine. A good geography game that doesn't actually help us because we're real bad at geography. Oh yeah, see I'm looking I'm looking at a map right now and I would have Did uh, you find Montana? I did find Montana. Montana was is way farther north than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Montana and Wyoming were flipped. I'm, uh, I'm an go. idiot. I'm dumb. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I probably would not have. Like, it's it's fairly easy to get a lot of the like coastal states, um, but once you get in the middle of the country, it's, it's every, every everyone for themselves. Yeah. Yep. Yep. States. We're all just we're all just doing our best. <laughs> I mean, there's 50 of them. Half the time I even forget what some of them even are, you yeah, know? That's true. Like, wh why are there two Dakotas? We don't need two of them. <laughs> Just put, smash them together. That's Make fine. a Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the Carolinas. We don't need two. Just need one. God, yeah. why is Colorado that far east? <laughs> I always assume Colorado is like right next to Washington State. Yeah, no, it's not. I, I had to drive, uh, how many, God, how many days of driving was it to drive from Seattle to south of Denver? It was a few days. It was uh, Idaho all the way up there. Yeah, Idaho's, yeah, Idaho's just right there. Damn. Yeah. We're anyway. all, we're all learning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. So, uh, should we talk about the next game? Anybody have any last thoughts on where the water tastes like wine? Nope. No. <laughs> All right.
Um, <clears throat> pivoting very hard. Uh, next, for the next game, within the next two weeks, we are going to play a game by Swedish developers Simogo, um, who also did Device 6, if anyone's played Device 6, uh, among other things. Uh, and we are going to be playing Sayonara Wild Hearts, uh, which is a game I got for my Switch for Christmas. And who boy, this game. Um, it's so it's it's a it's a very music heavy game um and it's a very color heavy game <laughs> it's, it's very neon um i almost like don't want to describe the mechanics because i feel like describing the mechanics of the game really undersells the experience of this game it's just kind of a wild ride um yeah Oh, there's the description uh the description on the uh the w Sayonara Wild Hearts page says a pop album video game. Sayonara Wild Hearts is a dreamy arcade game about riding motorcycles, skateboarding, dance battling, shooting lasers, wielding swords and breaking hearts at 200 miles an hour. Nice. So this yeah. is actually there it. is one tangential connection to where the water tastes like wine, which is that this game is also about uh, tarot cards oh. and tarot arcanas. So there you go. That's our stepping stone. There we go. We did it. Um, and it's for a lot of different things. It's uh, I have it on Switch, but it's also on Steam uh, and Apple Arcade. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a very short game. It's only takes like an hour to play the whole thing, uh, and then after that, you can do some like you know, completionist uh, cleanup stuff if you want. Um, but I had a hell of a time with it. I really enjoyed it. This is another one of those, like, um, it was kind of exactly what I had been hoping it would be as an experience. Um, although it definitely, like, surprised me and was a lot of things that I wasn't expecting as well. So uh, I highly recommend nice, it. Yeah. I can nice. see it, it. It maybe it may end up being a very polarizing game. I could see people really hating this game, um, a certain subset of people. So we'll see. We'll see what people think. Right. Sayonara Wild Hearts. Also, it's narrated yeah, no, by Queen Latifah. So another another celebrity narration. <laughs> Damn. And Sting. Okay. Now we have Queen Latifah. I was not expect. I was not expecting no. Queen Latifah to show up in this game. <laughs> oh, yep. that's great. All right, well, that's cool. Now I'm even. Now I'm even more stoked. Yeah, this is one I've been meaning to pick up for a while. So good I, to get an excuse. Yeah. So y'all have uh, have two weeks to try that out uh, and enjoy. I'm looking forward to people's reactions. Uh, I I had a whole like long Twitter thread of my reactions to this game just kind of in the abstract so people can go check that out <laughs> if they want to uh by checking me out on twitter uh in fact we have a variety of twitter accounts that are worth mentioning kelso you want to start oh yes hello you can find me on twitter uh, at kelso time bomb that's yeah yeah that's uh, and I, that's the, the feedback go. force podcast yes uh, yes at, at feedback force, force. yes um, you can find me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go uh, or the game I'm working on at Wintermore TC. 
Uh, we are so close, you guys. We've got like one week left before we must have our production build locked. Nice. Um, and then we are... No uh, stress. Yeah, well, it's... I mean, there's always patches. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's we're still not releasing until like, like March or, or April or something. But, uh, you know, we need time for when we figure out if and what we're going to port to, we need porting time and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Oh, that's exciting. That's me, Carl. Yeah, I got a Twitter at Gug3. Nice. Yeah. Uh, come, come visit us. Please come visit us with your reactions to Sayonara Wild Hearts, because I want all the reactions to Sayonara Wild Hearts. I should go look up some like first-time Let's Plays to, <laughs> to just watch people enjoy this game. I will say, I like this past Friday. I was just basically listening to the soundtrack on loop over and over and over at work. Um. I feel like a large part of whether people enjoy this game is going to be based on whether they like the music or not. Hmm. Um. All right. So that's that's your your homework assignment is play Sayonara Wild Hearts. Uh, and then if you want to discuss it with us, you can come back and discuss it on the the show because we like having guests. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a guest. When was the last time we had a guest? I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. That's too much effort right now. It's, it's the end of the podcast. I'm not doing research. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, gang. We'll be back in a couple weeks and hopefully not a month this time. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk See to you later. You. Later. Bye. Bye.